Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, a couple things with the podcast this week. Uh, Emery's internet just uh, cut out right at the very end. Well, not right at the very end, pretty much mid-conversation. And he wasn't able to get back on. It was already late last night. So it's going to end rather abruptly. Um, another thing we didn't have a chance to talk about or we kind of missed is the Celtics have a couple guys they signed to kind of preseason deals, like non-guaranteed deals. It looks like probably only one of Jabari Parker, Luke Cornett, and they recently signed a 24-year-old uh, Jawan Morgan to a non-guaranteed deal. And probably one of those three are going to be fighting for that 15th roster spot. I believe now with those two guys getting signed, I believe we now have 18. I think we can't have more than 16 on our roster to start the year. So it'll be interesting to see. I think obviously Jabari is the leader in the clubhouse just because of what he brings offensively. But maybe Juwan Morgan showed something that he hasn't shown yet at the NBA level. Last year, I believe he spent in the G League. I know he wasn't in the NBA or at least in NBA statistics. So I assume he was in the G League. Um, but he's a young 24-year-old power forward. Once again, they're trying to find a lot of guys to fill that need of just a playable, a playable for, uh, forward to play alongside. Jason and Jalen when they want to go kind of bigger so we'll see who winds up winning that battle but um, right after this I'm going to play the ad and then we'll do our intro music and we'll get right into the pod and once again thank you guys for listening Um, and I'll have a song playing for those of you listening on the podcast at the very end. Welcome back to another episode of Manly Celtics Podcast. We're having a little uh, technical Kobe difficulties here. Matt Money's uh, chasing a dog around the room. Uh, say what up, Kobe. Nah, he's he's right now he's hiding behind the, uh, the chair. Oh, he's yeah. chilling. But he's trying to find a nice, nice place to go to bed. But he'll be fine. Yeah, he's going to fall asleep. Slow, slow basketball week this week, Matt. He's slow basketball week. We did have the. Uh, Dude, it's been a lot of slow basketball week. It has been, yeah. We got uh, we had the NBA and the MLB Hall of Fame induction ceremonies this week. However, um, um, Celtics is great and uh, probably our top one or two favorite Celtics players of all time, Paul Pierce, inducted last week or this week, um, along with Chris Bosh, uh, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber as players, um, Coach Rick Adelman and uh, Bill Russell as a coach. And then uh, they also inducted Jay Wright, Villanova head coach, um, WNBA player and great Yolanda Griffith, and uh, three-time WNBA MVP Lauren Jackson as the uh, players that rounded out the group. There were a couple um, a couple other con- uh, contributors joined, but I don't think we really need to get into that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, not like obviously the biggest names of of lists of players that that jump out to you in the basketball fame, especially coming off the last year where we had um, Tim Duncan, Kobe, and uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. But 
all the same, like obviously Paul Pierce has a, a lot of importance to us. And even Ben Wallace was, a, I believe, a former Celtic in the preseason or maybe just the training camp. But I, I think it was the Rick Patino era. And I'm pretty sure they had him legitimately playing like, I'm pretty sure they had him legitimately playing like small forward, like just completely like, because he, I mean, he was undrafted. He's the first undrafted player to ever make it in. That's a big success. Obviously, greatest defenders of all time. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the greatest defensive centers of all time. But yeah. I'm pretty sure when the Celtics are trying him out, they literally were trying him out and like playing him on like on the perimeter, which clearly isn't his um, forte. But yeah, yeah, Paul Pierce, multi-time All NBA, multi-time All Star, um, final NBA champion, Finals MVP. So that was that was obviously the big one, especially for Celtics fans. And yeah. oh, and um, Bill Russell, of course. And, and there's Mike Gorman. He got uh, – he was a recipient of the Kurt Gowdy Award, which mm-hmm. is the – they give it once a year to, like, a media member that impacts basketball. So it's a pretty, pretty prestigious award, and it's good to see Mike Gorman get in. Obviously, Mike Gorman is the top of the top. Um, we all love Mike Gorman, and it's good to see him getting recognized by the national the, the national media and yep. having a chance to, to be up there in induction weekend. That is cool. I mean, Mike Gorman has been a huge part of the whole Celtics atmosphere and the Celtics culture. And it's, uh, it is, it's, it's good to see him get recognized as a, as a, as a prominent member of the media and, uh, and an impactful uh, legacy he's leaving in basketball. Um, I know speaking on Gorman, I know that there had been uh, thoughts. He was away, away from a few games last year and it was super evident when we had uh, the young kid, I can't remember his name, and then Scal called a couple games. Sean Grande? Yeah. I believe it was no, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't always Grande. There's another guy that wasn't as good, but, but Sean Grande did a couple of them. He's a typical radio guy, but I do know what you're saying. There was a guy that was, I don't think, has the experience of Grande, or um, I don't think he's been, been a play-by-play guy very much. And he filled in a couple times. It, mm-hmm. was, it was pretty evident when he filled in, as opposed to, to Grande, of course, Gorman. Right. Uh, is does that is is Gorman like? Is he trying to retire? Like, I don't I don't know the situation. Do you? I think he's going to be retiring very soon. I I can't imagine he does it for very many more years. I think he's gonna he's going to want to do it, but at the same time, I think that he might like slowly start to fade off. Maybe just kind of take more and more nights off. Maybe I haven't heard anything. I'm assuming he's coming back this year. I'm assuming he's doing as many games as possible. Maybe eventually becomes a thing like he's not, he's only broadcasting home games, and then maybe it's he's only broadcasting like certain days. So I think they're slowly going to try to lean him off. And I think, I mean, I think the leading candidate right now to replace him is, is Sean Grande. Yeah. But, I do, I, I remember that the, the whole, the, def- the media response, the Twitter response to anybody but Mike Gorman was pretty negative. Like, they yeah, were. which which is like it's not really fair because like Grande's fine. Like he's not no, he's not Mike Gorman, but at the same time, like he's fine. Yeah. I'm definitely not gonna complain about him. But yeah, but the other guy I can't think of his name, but the other guy was now wasn't very good. Yeah, especially when you have Scal leading a booth. It's nice to have some like veteran presence because Scal leading a booth sometimes it can be can not so great. He'll try and put all of his uh basketball expertise in there, which uh, I feel like I feel like no one really wants to hear or cares to hear about. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so let's let's talk a little. Uh, 
a little bit about Paul Pierce, you know, like let's, uh, do you have a, do you have a favorite memory? I know I looked at, I saw, I saw on, uh, on Instagram today, or it was Twitter maybe. And it like the NBA page was counting down his five best moments. And, uh, he never had, uh, that five best moments never had the, uh, play where he was talking. Who was it? Uh, Al Harrington on the Pacers. Al Harrington. Yeah, that that play wasn't on there. Like his the NBA, I think it was Instagram. The Instagram page said that his best play of his career was the uh, bank shot he made for the Washington Wizards, where he called the game. Oh like, yeah, was yeah, it like first round of playoffs or something like that? Yeah, it was, was the first even round the of playoffs. Like when when and they got beat by the Hawks in like six games or something. I mean, he was on a pretty cool tear. Like he he hit back to back game winners. One of them did get called off in that series, but I mean, like he he was he was hooping and he did make a game-winning shot in the playoffs, but that's not really like. There, no, there, and you're not gonna remember for his non-Celtics moments. No, you can't. Yeah, and you can't do that as his best play ever. Like, figure it out, NBA. Like, Paul Pierce yeah. is a Celtics legend. You know, like, uh, yeah, he played in Brooklyn. Yeah, he played in Washington. Yeah, he played in the for in LA. Like. I, I would honestly, I would much rather have that last three pointer that he hit with the Clippers in Boston as his best play over that shot in Washington, you know? Yeah, I just think like it wasn't obviously like only one moment in the finals, but even just like him hoisting that finals MVP trophy, like that was such a culmination of just so many years of like so many bad teams. Like yeah. um, you mentioned the Al Harrington one, I believe that was the early 2000s. Like I think it was can't remember exactly what year, but I know it was like it was before I was watching basketball. I think it was like sometime 02 to 04. Yeah, I was about to say and They were fine during that stretch. And then they had a couple, they had quite a few rough years. Yeah. And those were the years I started watching. Well, the one year I really, I really lucked out because it was a reflection of the TV and he's very confused. Um, but, uh, like, I started watching, I think the first year I started watching was the Wally Zerbiak year, which I believe was the year before they made the trade for the big three. And that team was not good by any means. No. I believe they still had – I don't think they had Antoine anymore. But, I like – so. no, Was that the first year that no, they drafted No, they didn't. What? Was, that the year they drafted, was that the year they drafted Rondo? I don't – I think they may have had Rondo that year, yes. And I think they had Al Jefferson was, like, their second-best player. But, like, Zerbiak was their third. And Al Jefferson was, like, super young. So, I mean, he was a key piece in that Kevin uh, – the Kevin Garnett deal. But, yeah, I, um, I, I remember – that was the first year for me as well. I remember hearing my, uh, my dad and I – like, my dad would pick me up from school and we – or, like, pick me up from practice or something, and we would listen to, like, the first half of the game in the, in the car on the radio, and we'd be – just bitching the whole ride home of how how poor the Celtics were playing. My dad hate my dad doesn't like basketball either way, so he's just like, "God, will you turn this off?" And I'm like, "No, man. I just I want to I want to hear it. I want to do this." So that that's that that team is also my first like real memories of of being a true fan of the Celtics. Like that was a, it was a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was like I think I was what like I think I was in like 5th grade that year and I think I was I think that adds up and then we just we kind of lucked in to just having kevin garnett ray allen paul beers like one of the uh greatest teams of that era just getting to watch them and that was just obviously awesome and rondo of course and that was just absolutely that was just awesome 
So it was Paul Pierce will ever will forever be like kind of that first childhood idol for at least the Celtics. Like obviously the Red Sox have had plenty of guys that maybe Right. I mean like um like like are, are greater, obviously like being more impactful in my childhood, Manny. Manny and and Poppy, even Pedroia to a degree, you know. Yeah, even Pedroia. Even but like, that, that was like first. Yeah, those those that first Celtics here. That's like um, that was uh before I started like really watching football too. So I had missed like the first couple, uh Brady Super Bowls and things like that. And I wasn't, I mean, two thousand. He won the first one in two thousand one. I was three four years old by that time. Like not watching football. So I started getting into like the Celtics where I can vividly remember that like listening to the Celtics on the ride home from practices and things like that and after school things and that was my real first like interjection into becoming a Boston sports fan and Paul Pierce is really at the center of that so it's it's cool to see like like I said at the opening of the at the opening of the show I mean Paul Pierce is probably if not your favorite Celtic ever, probably top two, you know, like. Yeah. He's definitely the most like impactful, I think, to like this era of Celtics basketball, like, people growing up, like clearly he's the most impactful. Like obviously if Kevin Garnett, who is probably, um, you can easily argue he's the better player, even when they're on the same team together, but like just Paul Pierce's impact, like on the city and like him being just that figure for so many years and being the star of the team for so many years. It's very like he was very impactful for people our age that grew up as Celtics fans. No doubt. Yeah. It's cool to see him enshrined in basketball history and glory forever now. Like Yeah. And it's in a, I mean it's a fairly good class. I like get obviously I'm surprised Weber it's taken up this long to get in. And Ben yeah. Wallace we talked about, which I think should have been in way long ago. He's literally one of the best defenders of all time. And then you have Chris Bosch, who clearly, like, during his peak, and he has all the accolades and the championships to, to back that up. So, yep. pretty solid classified to see him in there. Um, do, do you, you think, have any more? Oh. I, I, had, I had a question. You know how, like, um, in baseball they do, uh, like, a hat or, like a, like, a hat for the team that they, that they choose, you know, like, in, on their little placard or whatever? Um, do they do that in the NBA? No, they don't do anything for that. Okay. Because my, my question would be, do you think Chris Bosh chooses Miami or Toronto? I think Miami do just for the fame. Like, I didn't really – like, Chris Bosh was fine. Like, he was a more – he got more individual accolades. But his real, like, start – like, his real stardom and his real uh, – like, his Hall of Fame resume and his, like, top whatever player resume really started when he went to Miami – was able to be uh, the third best player on those those Miami teams that, that won uh, two titles. Mm-hmm. So that obviously, I mean, that obviously helped a lot. Like he was, I mean, you still, I mean, Kevin Love really screwed the pooch, but I mean, you see what you can do even as the third option. Like it, it just is a, it's a legacy booster. I mean, that's why people even even today they talk about Big Shot Bob. Like he might not have been the best or second best player in any of the teams they ever played on, but he was always on those teams, always contributed to winning. He's just going to town on a shoebox right now. I hear it, yeah. Absolutely going to town on it. Kobe, can you chill out, buddy? You can do it. Just chill out a little bit. Um, what else do I – what else do I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, I got a source for the Ben Simmons trade. I have a source that knows a source. 
and it's like a childhood friend of Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. childhood like lifelong friend grew up in Australia with Ben Simmons. He says that Ben Simmons is apparently going to the Blazers in exchange for CJ McCollum and picks. And the only thing being ironed out right now is what's going to be the pick compensation. Wow. So uh, watch out for that. Yeah, if 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 that's uh, if that's true, then we need we need it credited here. I mean, that one's not the wildest one, though. Like, it would be wild. Like, that's the thing that sucks. Is, like, that was the one that I feel like has been talked about the most. Yeah. So, it's like, it wouldn't be that surprising. But but I have a source that knows the okay. source. Well, so, let's, let's, let's get um, the episode out quick. And uh, let's, get the, let's give you the credit where it's due. Yeah. If, if it comes true, of course. Let's, ho- let's hope yeah, that it well, does yeah. for, for our sake. We we can get out ahead of it, and and if he does get traded in the next couple of days, and it's not the Blazers, I mean the delete function is pretty quick, you know. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I'm just trying to get it happen. Um, do you have any more basketball related stuff? Um, uh, you touched you you touched on the fact that Chris Weber had taken a long time to get in, and uh, I. It it has to do obviously with the whole Michigan situation and the. The Fab Five taking money and that sort of thing. Do you know? I know that there was something like I Chris Bosch. I mean, Chris Weber must have said that uh, the Michigan AD apologized to him because there was big news that 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 guy, whoever it was at Michigan, some front or some exec was like, "No, I didn't apologize to him." Like, do you know more of that about that situation? Because I don't. I'd like to. I haven't heard anything about that. Like. I know the Fab Five obviously. Might. I didn't think that would affect his Hall of Fame stuff, though. I mean, you see, I you thought see it was just one, too, though. Like, yeah, but or, basketball is different. Like basketball, though, the bar is pretty low. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know another. You think Jay Wright's not not shelling out a few a few pennies to have some players come back come by? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Rick Pitino is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I think so too. Yeah. He's gotten in trouble in like multiple places. Um, no, I think Weber. What's weird though is like I was just I have Reggie Miller as like this the the baseline of like how hard it should be to get in the NBA Hall of Fame. I think Reggie Miller. I think he made like seven or eight All Star teams, but he only made two All NBA third teams or yeah, two All NBA third teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's not really too impressive. Like so, I always look at that as a baseline. I'm pretty sure Chris Weber made like three or four all NBA teams and made like an equal amount of all-star games and really get gypped to have a championship because they were clearly the better team when they got gypped to have uh in LA. Was it the 2000, 2002 finals? A one Oh two finals. I'm not positive, but one um, of those years, I know, I know it's um, like yeah. you know, one of the biggest, biggest uh, like conspiracies yeah. in NBA history. Yeah. It's the Donahue where he's like, yeah, we intentionally threw the game because they wanted the Lakers in the final. Right. The yeah, they, they intentionally so made so. game six and then and then we're a little bit Yeah, and game seven happened, but yeah, right. But that's because the game the, I'm sure if the flow of the game was going in a way that would have favored the Kings, I'm sure they might have done the same thing in game seven. Right. Yeah. But so that's an obviously interesting, an interesting look into uh and if if you're a conspiracy guy like me, it's and a and a sports fan, it's a it's a very, very fun little YouTube hole you could fall into about that, about that series. Um, so check that out if you're interested. And if you are a fan of Chris Weber, if you've watched the uh, uh, 
30 for 30 on the on the fab five i know that's one of my favorite my favorite 30 for 30s um and i just wanted to bring up last thing about this and about the uh hall of fame induction i watched on my flight down to florida last week uh i watched the um the malice in the palace the whatever just released on netflix and yeah, I watched uh, that one too. it was it was super interesting because i always knew like oh shit ron artest is fucking fighting people in the stands but like i didn't know that it was premeditated and i didn't I, i'd never seen the footage of people just absolutely dumping popcorn and coke and beers all over the Pacers players as they leave the arena. Like if that, yeah. had, if, if that had happened today, the entire city of Detroit would be arrested. Yeah. Like, I mean, Detroit it was, would be playing with no fans for the entirety of a season. If that happened today. Yeah. And like, they deserved it. And that's why like you see these fans and it's like, I think it's fair every once in a while, just to put them in their place. Yeah. Um, our test went after the wrong guy. It was the guy saying beside them, which I'm sure you saw. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's like, if you, I mean, and then there was that guy that tried to fight Jermaine O'Neal and tried to act like he was a victim when he just like walked up Jermaine O'Neal with his fist ready. Yeah, yeah right. Like he's, he's out on just, the court just with, with a shit-eating grin on his he's literally just He's literally just like this with his hands up, like ready to fight Jermaine O'Neal. And Jermaine O'Neal was like, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, buddy. <laughs> let's see how that goes, but. Uh, that one was wild. No, that's just crazy. And it's like, I see that every once in a while with like fans. Like, I do think it'd be, it'd be fine every once in a while, you know, just like if you could call out a specific fan, like you see him like throw trying to throw a beer on people. They just get to like throw hands with, with someone on the team. Yeah. Or even if they're just like publicly shamed on the, on the jumbotron or something like, yeah, like, just like pegged boo, with boo beer. This guy, boo this guy, everybody in the whole arena, boo this guy when, when you leave or when he gets escorted out, you know, like. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that one was a good, I like that one quite a bit. Um, so transitioning away from basketball now. Yeah. Did you want to talk Red Sox real quick or did you want to talk fantasy? Um, sure, let's talk Sox. Um. They're blowing a seven to two lead right now. Um, they just I saw up, that. Yeah, they just they just gave up uh, six runs in the fifth inning. Um, that's great. The Sox uh, last night. Have you have you been keeping up with the last? Uh, not really. I am going to a game this upcoming Saturday, and it was supposed to be, I believe, the game that Sale was supposed to start. I think he's going to be out for that game as well. So that's just so I don't know who we're getting for that instead. But I'm I'm unsure of the protocol with pitching because I know he on Friday he tested positive and missed his start tomorrow. So yeah, he could if he's throwing on Saturday, then then he could be live. You know, I'm not positive. Um, but a sale game would be front would be fun. Um, who is it against? Is it against Toronto? Not quite sure. Honestly, didn't look. I think they play. I think they play Toronto. Oh no, they don't play Toronto. Maybe it's Texas. No, it's Seattle, isn't it? Or is I don't Seattle? know. Dude. I think I think they play the White Sox and then Seattle. But by the week, I think it's next, White. So- I think it's White Sox. I think now you say that. I think it's no, the White they're Sox. Playing the, they're playing the White Sox right now. I'm saying they. Yeah. Play the okay. I I don't I don't know. I don't know if the the Seattle series will leak into the weekend or not. But um, I didn't. I don't feel like it's Seattle. I feel like it's another team. I can't think of it though. Mm-hmm. either way um they're the Sox are in the midst of a pretty uh a pretty wild wild card run right now um 
I know they're only a half game up on New York, who's only like a half game or a game and a half up on Toronto. And then behind them, I think Seattle and Oakland are maximum three games back from that second wild card spot. So it's going to be a, I think there are 18 games left after tonight. So you got to hope the Sox win at least, I think they're there right now. The Sox are 80 and 63. So 19 more games, uh, including tonight. So you got to hope that that's good math there, Maddie. I know what I'm talking about. Proud of you. Yeah. Colby, Colby grad right there. Grad baby. Um, uh, but I do think that they're probably going to lose tonight. I think it's the sixth inning and they're down by a run and they just had the wind taken out of their sails. I mean, um, so you got to hope that they win 12 or so games, get to 92 wins and, uh, make, make, make it hard for, uh, them to be passed for that first wildcard spot. You yeah. do not, you do not want to play in, you do not want to play in New York. I would not want to play in Toronto for a wild card game. Toronto is far and away my favorite spot to watch a baseball game on TV. Um, and I'll tell you why, because that place is absolutely rocking every time that it's going on. Have you ever watched, like you've seen the, I remember like the Batista Blue Jays, like, yeah, you that's remember like the that era. Because if you go and look up that, um, that clip, the clip of that, it is absolute chaos. The, I love watching Roger Center's Roger Center games because when they do the live broadcasts and the just like the live feed of the game, the center field camera is just rattling. Like one, two, three, four. Dancing your body, I'm grabbing your ass Enjoying the moment, cause life moved you fast I'm looking forward, ignoring the past These are the times that will laugh looking back I'm getting lucky like coins in a well Goodbye to my haters, I'm wishing you well This is my man, if you couldn't tell This is our life and we living it well Late nights in the city causing hell Burn this bitch into the ground, oh well all we got tonight, let's do this right. Let's do this right. Let's go to This should be like Friday night. Into the ground, oh well. 
If all we got tonight, let's do this right. Let's do this right. Let's go to paradise.